make my life a prayer to you I wanna do what you want me to No empty words and no white lies No token prayers, no compromise I wanna shine the light you gave Hi there, everyone. This is Brayden and Tally Waller, the voice of my beloved podcast. We uh, we've been we've been absent for a couple weeks. We decided to uh, take a little break and reassess things. And so, but now we're going to be jumping in to a new season here. Um, we've got uh, new new topics that are going to be that are coming up that <laughs> we're going to dive into. Uh, so today, what we're going to talk about is no compromise. Just like Keith Green was just singing. If you're not aware of Keith Green, he's a, he's a great guy. You should look him up and learn his story and his message to the world. Yeah, his he's, book is written. It's, the book's actually called No Compromise. And so you can read that book. It profoundly impacted my life at the age of 14. I was 14 years old. My family mm-hmm. had just gotten this from the library and began to read this book. And we had grown up, grown up listening to his music, but uh, reading his story just really put a whole new appreciation into his life. He, you know, just has really had a rough past, but God mm-hmm. delivered him out of it, and he just began to confront hypocrisy in the Western church. Yep. And, uh, yeah, just some of the stories in the book would just really inspire you <laughs> if you read this book, No Compromise. Oh, yeah. But uh, we need those voices here in the Western world because— uh, yeah, it, you can be a believer and it's hardly any cost involved, but we need to, mm-hmm. as Yeshua said, count the cost and there's, there's still a cost to be a true disciple. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we hope in this, in this uh, session today that we encourage you in your journey of discipleship and just encourage you not to make compromises with the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So before we dive into all that, let's, uh, we're going to talk about a couple things here. We've got the women's discipleship program going on uh, that's been going for a week and a half or so. And uh, yeah, so it's been it's been really fun. We've got three young ladies here and they're great. It's been a great group to start out with <laughs> to kind of break us in. Uh, really sweet, really encouraging and very, um, they just want to learn and, and grow. And so uh, it's really neat to, to be a part of that. And Amanda Geoke has been doing an amazing job of just kind of organizing and, and figuring things out and being there, uh, being there with them and doing a lot of the the lessons and stuff. So, uh, it's been neat. We've got the guys, uh, discipleship program coming up a couple weeks. Yes. If you know guys out there that want to get fired up about the word of God, worship, mm-hmm. prayer, pressing in for revival in their own lives and their communities, then come out. We'd love to spend some time together with these guys. Yeah. We've got four signed up already. Uh, so yeah, so we'd love to, to see more. Uh, come out. We've got we've got quite a few people that are going to be helping out with the program. We've got Britt here, and Nick is going to be here, Nick Geoke, and we've got some of the WARP guys here. So uh, it sounds like it's going to be a, a fun time with the guys. And then we got Family Week. Registration is open. Passover Family Week. The theme this year is the Spirit of Elijah, Spirit of which Elijah. is all about confronting you know, Elijah, uh-huh. this prophetic voice God raised up to confront. We're going to get into this a little later, but this is what we want to see in our times. We want to see mm-hmm. the separation between the holy and the profane. We yeah. want to see a clear decision that we not ride the fence of the world, but we actually mm-hmm. choose this day whom we will serve. And this is the call for our generation. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're excited, excited about that. And uh, so we'll jump into the, the message here. 
Got yes, no compromise. And, yes. I, I just want to open up and say that the heart of this no compromise message is, as Keith Green's saying in the first part of that song, I make my life a prayer to you. And there's actually a verse that goes along with that thought, and it's in Psalm 109, verse 4. And it actually says in the English, it actually says, I give myself to prayer. In the Hebrew, it actually says, Vani tefillah, which actually means literally an I am prayer. Like mm-hmm. my life is a prayer. <laughs> I, I am prayer. And so just that heart to, that our lives would be that fragrant prayer, that our conversations, our actions would be as an incense before God. And so this is the desire that I want to inspire you all with or listening is to make your life a prayer to God. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as you do that, as you, he becomes your one thing, then living a life of no compromise becomes part of who you are. It becomes a part of what you want. And uh, that's, that's really the heart of it. If you don't want it, then, then we're very susceptible. If we don't want to live a life that's a, really a prayer to God, then we're very susceptible to getting off track, to getting pulled in mm-hmm. to other desires. Mm-hmm. But God wants us to be his one thing. Yeah. And uh, he, wants us, he wants our hearts to be uh, yeah, just totally given to him, that we, he is our one thing, our one desire. So I just want to look at a few synonyms for compromise. And you have accommodation concession, give and take, negotiation. And if you're following the political world right now, they're talking about trying to do this uh, new deal of the century with Israel, right? And they're trying to, you know, make each side give concessions and and this whole thing of trying to work out peace, right? And so you have this going on between countries, you know, to try to avoid war or whatever and to make peace. And there's times to make concessions. There's times not to make concessions. And uh, <laughs> as in the case with the deal of the century, we hope that Israel does not make concessions of the land that God gave them. Uh-huh. But uh, there are times in relationships where, you know, as James says, the wisdom from above is willing to yield. There are times when we, we want to make concessions in relationships. We want to say, you know, Tally, you... Uh, you like peanut butter. I don't really like it that much, but you can go ahead and put a little bit on. You, know, <laughs> you can put a little bit in that peanut butter pie you're making, you know, and that way, you know, you get kind of what, but I don't want a lot of it in there. You know, I'm, I'm making an illustration. Like there's certain times in relationships where you want to give a little bit and, and not just say this, my way is the only way, my way or the highway. Uh-huh. So, but there's, there's one exception to that. You never want to compromise or make concessions to the devil. Mm-hmm. Never. Anytime you do that, you'll, you're going down the road of destruction. And so in today's podcast, we're going to look at a few different examples in the Bible of people that did this, that made concessions, they compromised to Satan. Mm-hmm. And so jumping in here, Hosea eleven seven, it says, my people are bent on backsliding from me. And so here, this is God, he's saying, and this is in the days of Hosea, this is toward the end of the uh, the period of the kings of Israel, Hosea comes on the scene, and he's, God is saying he's, he's heartbroken. You read the book of Hosea, and he, God is the lover. He's wanting to draw his people to himself, but he said, my people are bent on backsliding from me. They're not being faithful. And so notice he says, my people. You know, this is a condition of God's people that they're, they had a certain bent. And our, and our bent, this is, I'm talking about you and me, we have a certain bent that Five, 10 years from now, if we follow our bent, we will be less committed to God than we are now. So we have to be aware of this. I think one of the first steps to really confronting compromise is just to even be aware of this bent. Right. Each one of us have this bent towards walking away from God. And so knowing this, we, 
we say, okay, well, I want to be intentional every day. I want to wake up and renew myself in love. You know, I, I love the song every day. I, I pray to start anew. I, I, I know that in my own heart, my flesh is so weak that I naturally will walk away, mm-hmm. but I need to every day say, God, I pray for a renewal of your Holy spirit today, that I would be lit anew with your fire lit anew with zeal for you. And so we need to get that bent worked out, right? You know, we did like just kind of work that line, you know, so we're actually getting ourselves back on the straight and the narrow mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's probably why Keith Green's message was so effective in a lot of ways too, is that he was really encouraging people to come to this place of no compromise, of really looking at themselves and really uh, putting away uh, the the things that aren't of God, uh, the things that we don't need. Um but he, he also, like in his songs, it sh- he showed the struggle that comes with that, that it's a daily, a daily thing to remind that, you know, because you know, Lord, I don't want to fall away from you. That's another one of, of Keith Green's songs. And, um, and he, he was aware of the tendency all the time. Uh, this is the place I don't want to be. I don't want to be walking away from you. I want to draw closer to you each day. And that takes a fight. It's not, you know, it doesn't take, uh, you can't just uh, be unintentional. It has to be an intentional walk, an intentional reminder, um, continuing to to cast the vision of this is what the goal that I'm aiming for. I want to draw closer. I don't want to fall away. I want to keep going going further in, in knowing you. And so I love Keith Green's. He had a lot of that. He had, You could see, hear that heart of the struggle to, to continue to do that in his yeah. songs. Yes. And I think at the heart of it, it's a desire really to receive from God. You know, it's not so much that we can work up, you can muster up this, our, our own, you know, human desire, but it's that God in the morning, I I just want to ask you father to renew me with your spirit. I want to receive from you the -hmm. desire for you basically, you know, Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's like you want to receive from God, the, the hunger, you know, uh, our own, you know, manufacturing is not going to last. But when we receive from God, when we just posture ourselves to receive from God's hand, then he's able to, to keep us in the long haul. I, I want to, you know, I, my encouragement to myself and to all of you out there listening is that we would be in five, 10 years from now, more on fire, mm-hmm. more zealous for him and for making an impact in this world than we are right now. Mm-hmm. And the way that we embrace that, I believe, is really by receiving his heart. We receive his heart for, our, for ourselves, for our families, for our communities. And that it, I love in uh, Psalm 119, it says, I will run the course of your commandments for you will enlarge my heart. Mm-hmm. And I just love the boldness in that statement. I'm going to run this race set before me. And the only way I'm going to do that is because you're going to enlarge my heart mm-hmm. to receive from you. It's, it's a matter of having an enlarged heart, really, to mm-hmm. be able to run the race. And so may God give us that grace to never give up, to, to go all the way to the finish line. Mm-hmm. So going along Matthew 24, 12, it says, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And notice there, it's many, many people's love is going to shrivel up and grow cold because of lawlessness. And I believe that these compromises, you know, we're, we're talking about confronting compromise. It's, it starts so small. No one just decides one day, you know what, I'm going to go just start taking drugs. <laughs> or, or I'm just going to go start, whatever, visiting the local bar. You know, they, they get introduced to friends that are doing this. And 
they just start warming up to the idea. And so that's just extreme examples, but in, in other smaller areas too, we, we just kind of get warmed up a little bit and rarely do we just make that big jump and just go, you know, all out and sin. Yeah. Even brains, we're going to talk about this later, but even with Eve, it's like the, she didn't go to the tree thinking, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to just go get an app or whatever, yeah. for a piece of that fruit and just totally disobey. Like, I don't think that was her intention, but she got close to it. That was, you know, one of the first things that she did wrong was she got close to it and then listened to the voice of the enemy that questioned, is this really bad? Is this, I don't know. I think it might be good for you. It's, and that's, that's really where the path kind of starts is first you get close to it and think you're not going to, you know, you're not going to fall. And then you start listening to the questions. You know, you start listening to the, the questions. Is that really bad? I don't know. Is it, it, that's not really compromise when you do that, you know? So I think that's the, that path. So, yeah, which I think is really where the Holy Spirit comes in because mm-hmm. he, he, the Holy Spirit really is zealous about a bride being prepared for Yeshua, a, mm-hmm. a pure bride. And so as we open up, we give the invitation basically say, God, I want your Holy Spirit in my life and to really alert me when I'm getting away from you. Being just being in that position of receiving his nudging, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know what, you're, you're making a little bit of a, a change here in your life. Uh, you know, you may be conforming to your friends or conforming to the world around you, but you know, is this what I desire for you? You know, just having that open heart to hear from the Holy spirit, I think is so key in, you know, in, in maintaining a zeal, maintaining that, mm-hmm. that fervor for God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. And because we want to be those that the opposite of, of this passage in Matthew 24 that because we love to keep God's word, that the, that our love will grow hot. You know, mm-hmm. I, I believe the flip side of this verse is true. Yeah. If because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I believe because we want to keep God's word, that the love that those people that do that, to keep his word, that their love will grow hot for him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. We don't want to be lukewarm. We don't want to get cold. We want to be hot yeah. in love for God. We want to be on fire. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's like, you know, the other trick of the enemy too is, you know, cause it's talking about lawlessness being connected here with the love, the love of people, you know, and the love of God really. Um, but you know, as soon as Satan gets us to mess up once, it's like you almost like fall into this trap of feeling guilty, ashamed, and then the enemy kind of has got this pull on you like that he can always kind of go back to. And so it's like as soon as you go into that place of, you know, of compromising or, or taking a step into that lawness, lawless <laughs> place or whatever, um, that that's like the, you know, the ploy of the enemy is that, you know, it starts here. And then how can you feel loved by God or feel love for God when, you know, when you're willing to make these, these compromises. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it just is a real strong connection there. And then you go further enough, far enough down that track and the love of God just becomes somewhat irrelevant because you've ignored, you know, if, if you really loved God, you wouldn't be doing these things. And if, you know, and he wouldn't really love you if you were doing, you know, it's like plays with your whole, your whole mind of the enemy just really being able to work on you with, uh, you know, just because of the decisions and the, the, that you make and stuff. And so, yeah, it's something that we just have to be really on guard about is, 
is to um, to walk uprightly so that our love can be can grow and also not take the bait of you know when we do mess up when we do have a place where we or we find compromise in our life that we're still able to say you know what God still loves me and he still I can still go forward from here and and put that behind me and keep going forward and grow in love and so not listening to the to the lie of the enemy that says you're stuck you know, right, right. You, so important. You're, you're separate from God's love. He can't love you that much anymore. Right. You know, which is such a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime we turn back to him, he's right there. Just the father with open arms, the prodigal son, you know, he, he compromised, mm-hmm. he turned, but he turned back, mm-hmm. you know, he turned back to his father's house and that's, that's our father. Whenever we turn back to him, he's there with open arms. Yeah. He wants to embrace us. Mm-hmm. So moving along here in Hosea 12, 13, it's an interesting passage here talking about prophets it says by a prophet the lord brought israel out of egypt and by a prophet he was preserved and so this prophet this passage is talking about is moses because moses goes into egypt and gets israel out of egypt and then moses is actually with them after that right he's following them in the wilderness and it's this passage says by a prophet he was preserved and i see this passage as applying to our lives spiritually you know, it was by a prophetic word. It was by that word of repentance that we were challenged with the gospel. You know, most of us, this is our, this is our journey of salvation. We were confronted with the sin in our lives. It may not have been blatant, but you know, just areas of sin in our hearts that we were confronted with, you know what, that's sin. And I'm grieving God by this. The prophetic voice came in and said, you need to repent. Just like Moses steps into Egypt and says, you know, he confronts the evil and to get the people out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. But then Sometimes we can make the mistake of not welcoming, welcoming that prophetic voice into our lives to continue the journey. We mm-hmm. see here in Hosea, he's saying, by a prophet, God brought Israel out of Egypt, but also by a prophet, he was preserved. Mm-hmm. And so for us as well, we get saved out of the domain of darkness, out of the spiritual Egypt, but then we still need that prophetic voice to preserve us. We need to be reading the prophets. We need to be reading the prophetic word of God. We need to welcome voices in our lives that are going to encourage us in that journey, that Mm -hmm. are going to uh, at times challenge us to -hmm. continue on in the journey to God's purpose for our lives. So just want to point that out. You know, we, there can be a mistake made when, you know, you hear the prophetic voice to come out of darkness at first, but then you shut it out after that. We need it. We need that a prophetic encouragement and challenge from God's word to continue to finish the race strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And even on a, a practical level, I think, um, and I think Keith Green kind of recognized himself that he kind of, uh, operated in that prophetic voice, uh, quite a bit and, and it made people uncomfortable. He, he really, uh, he made some waves in his ministry time, you know, and, uh, just really, uh, really confronting, uh, like you said, hypocrisy, uh, things that were, were not right within the, the Christian church, within the Christian movement at that time and stuff. And, you know, it can be uncomfortable at times, you know, to be confronted with things. Uh, but I think there's, there's such great reward when we allow that, that voice, when we allow that, that voice that says, you know, that's continually reminding, don't compromise. Don't, don't allow yourself to, to, you know, to, to give even one inch in the, in the, of thought in that direction. Uh, it's a, it's a voice that we have to invite into our lives. It's not something that, um, 
you know, it's, it's something that I think there's a tendency to run from it because it's uncomfortable at times. Mm -hmm. Um, just that, that voice. And I know that, I know I'm so thankful for even the people that God brought into my life, um, in my, uh, in my, through just throughout my whole story, I've had, I have a lot of friends and stuff that weren't afraid to come and talk to me about things that I really needed to be talked, uh, talked to about. And so I, I really appreciate that God sent those things. And I'm, I am so thankful that God helped me to understand my need for that <laughs> and that I didn't push those things out because some of those things were painful to hear at first and they weren't, didn't make you feel warm and fuzzy. I even think of uh, John the Baptist and uh, he's wearing, uh, he's wearing camel hair and camel hair is not a comfortable piece of clothing. It's, it's really, you know, I mean, from the looks of it, I've never worn it, <laughs> but you yeah. look at camels and they're, they're pretty scratchy looking kind of. And, um, and so, you know, it, it seems like it's not the, the comfortable place is not the, the place. Uh, and, and so, you know, that's something that we have to, you know, cause I think our, our human fleshly nature is one that's looking for comfort, which may be why we're kind of prone to backsliding. Right. And we, we, it's kind of funny. We're reading this story of, um, Sundar Singh, Sundar Singh. <laughs> yeah. Which this guy, he's from India and did amazing things in the early, um, 1900s and in India and stuff and what really all over the world eventually but uh coming from India he's like he he's barefoot walking up through the Himalayan mountains like in the snow he's crossing through the icy waters and and all of this stuff and you just look at him but man he had a call in his life but it wasn't a comfortable call <laughs> <laughs> and he like was purposefully like I am not going to be comfortable in this life <laughs> and stuff, which, you know, I think John the Baptist was pretty extreme and, and Sundar Singh is pretty extreme. But I think that the more that we can recognize, you know, that um, that comfortable place is, is we should almost be scared there. <laughs> you know, when we get too comfortable, we should be like, okay, God, what are you going to use to wake me up here? I got to get a little more uncomfortable <laughs> so I'm not, I don't fall asleep. Yeah. He has ways of doing that. He has creative ways of yeah, getting, us, getting us out of our comfort zones. That's the truth. Yep. <laughs> I think the biggest thing is just submitting to him, just submitting saying, God, here's my life, you know, just making our life a prayer to him saying, God, I, I want to make it a two way conversation. You know, I'm, I'm making my life a prayer to you and I'm welcoming you to speak into my life mm -hmm. and to direct me. Yeah, so, so good. So at this point, I want to share a song. This is a, a verse that really impacted me as a young man. It's from Hebrews, but it's it's called Exhort One Another. And uh, let's, we'll play this song, but this is just a challenge to all of us that we need this daily exhortation, this daily reminder to keep on the path of righteousness, to keep on the path toward God. And so uh, listen to this song. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Messiah. If we hold the beginning of our confidence, Steadfast unto the end. Exhort one another daily while it is called.
So yes, just that importance of exhort one another daily while it's called today. Like today is only called today, today. <laughs> just I love how simple some passages in the Bible are. Today's only called today, today. <laughs> but while it's today, use it to exhort people. And uh, so sometimes I'm walking by somebody here on this campus. I say, have you been exhorted today? You know, I just want to ask him you know, because you need to do that. And I tell, I tell him sometimes, well, exhort me because I don't want my heart to be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So please exhort me. I need this, you know, <laughs> but just take it, you know, it, it, the ways of God are actually pretty practical. Sometimes you just, just obey his word, you know, exhort one another daily while it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. And so it's so effective. The word of God is so effective when we live it out. When we in our relationships as believers begin to do this, it really helps our hearts not to get hardened, not to lose sight of the greater vision. And so my brothers and I, we used to do this too. Just had fun with it, really. You know, just take a passage, take an exhortation, uh, an identity passage, and just tell tell each other. And Tally and I, we do this uh, at times too, just to encourage each other. I found it's a little different in the husband and wife relationship. There's <laughs> a little more <laughs> dynamics involved there, but it's great to do. I mean, just to remind each other, mm-hmm. even before this podcast, I was, I was telling Tally, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You know, and just <laughs> encouraging one another because if we don't have that encouragement from one another, there's something there. And I've seen this happen where people isolate themselves from fellowship, isolate themselves from the body, and it's almost predictable that they begin to get hardened in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And so I just encourage you, whoever's out there listening, seek to be joined to those that are seeking God and, and exhort them, but ask them to exhort you as well. You know, you, <laughs> need, that, you need that daily exhor- exhortation from the word. And it's great if it can be a live person right in front of you, you know, just to exhort them so that we don't become hardened. If you take away anything from this podcast today, my prayer is that you will not compromise. You will not compromise to the devil, but that you will be strengthened. Your heart will be soft and the exact opposite of being hardened through sin, you know, through compromise, but that the exact opposite will happen in your life, that you will be soft toward God. Your heart will be soft and you'll be teachable in his presence and he will guide you in the path of life. So be blessed. We appreciate all of you out there. Keep strong in the faith. Mm-hmm. Yep, this is Braden Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He is coming quickly. Oh, it's so hard to see when my heart.